awesome. Well, it's good to see you. Those of you who are joining us online, it's wonderful to see you. We're in a home campus. It's awesome to see you. It's fantastic to see you. By the way, this is closed, but this still works. Okay, this still works. That's good. Well, while we are honoring, I want to take a moment to honor my father, the spiritual father of Life Center, Pastor Barry, uh, for just being an extraordinary father. You know, many counted a blessing that, again, that he is their spiritual father, but for Kim and I, and our, obviously of our kids and our in laws, uh, you're our dad. And so we honor you on this day. Uh, Pastor Barry and Joyce are in Cornwall today leading the service and still making a Jesus-sized difference after all of these years. So on behalf of all of our hearts to yours, happy Father's Day. We honor you. And so today is Father's Day, and Fred Rogers, yes, Mr. Rogers, he once said, we live in a world in which we need to share responsibility. It's easy to say it's not my child, not my community, not my world, and not my problem. Then there are those who see the need and respond, and I consider those people my heroes. And so today, I want us to look at a seemingly odd book of the Bible on Father's Day, but I want you to stick with me. Because on this day, we don't only celebrate biological or adoptive dads, we celebrate all men who are making a Jesus-sized difference in the lives of individuals all around them. And so the book that we want to look at, again, it's an odd book for Father's Day, but again, stick with me, is the book of Esther. Because the book of Esther contains a story where God providentially uses two exiled Israelites, Esther and Mordecai, to rescue God's people from certain doom without any, and here's the important part, throughout the entire book of Esther, so so you know, God's name is not mentioned a single time. And so it is this beautiful story. This book is this behind the scenes of God at work, even if he is not mentioned right in the front, it is God at work behind the scenes in the midst of power and privilege and injustice. Mordecai is a relative and he is a father, he's an uncle, he's a father figure to Esther. Esther was an orphan whose real Jewish name was Hadassah. By the way, her Persian name is Esther, but her Jewish name is Hadassah. And just before we get into the story of Mordecai and Esther, I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And so for those of you, again, online, home campus, or live, if you have your Bibles, you can turn or you can tap. Uh, But in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, here's what it says. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. I urge you then to be imitators of me, to be imitators of me. In other words, a guide leads you where you want to go. If you've ever been on a trip, if you've ever gone anywhere where there's a tour guide, they lead you where you desire to go. But a father is different. A father functions as a guide sometimes, but... Truthfully, a father is not in your life simply to be or merely to be a guide. No, a father loves and leads you into who you desire to become, not just where you desire to go. And this is different. Did you know that Father's Day in the church calendar is the least attended church service? The least Sunday attended in Canada is Father's Day. Why? Because the pain is that high. And I would then turn that around to say, therefore, the call is that great. You see, guides are important, but in 2020, fathers are still essential. 
Someone who says, don't only do what I say, but do what I do. Fatherhood is like our heavenly father in the story of Esther. How many of you know, by a show of hands, those of you your dads, fatherhood is primarily a behind-the-scenes work. It is primarily just engaging your heart all the time. No fanfare. I mean, there's a day that we celebrate dads, and that's a beautiful thing, but it is primarily a behind-the-scenes work. And here is what every father knows, that there is this handoff zone that for whether your pastor Gabe and Isla Rose is in your arms for the very first time, that moment is extraordinary. But you blink and your child is whatever age. Mine, it's 20. For others, it could be 40, 50, whatever it happens to be. But you blink and it's there. And as parents, we are called, as fathers, we are called to train up our children so that they can go and be the people that the world needs. And so there's this handoff zone in parenting. And again, every parent knows, every father knows that the slow handoff zone is behind the scenes and it's challenging. Because in parenting, there are no safety nets and it's double the workload. Fathers, whether biological or adoptive or spiritual, are called both to do the work themselves and equally on top of that, grow others who grow others who God has entrusted into our care. And then at some point, there is a moment where we are now hands, not only hands-on, again, like Pastor Gabe, it's all hands-on, but for me, as my kids are getting older, it's, it's more learning to get my hands off. And I'm still fully there, but I'm there differently. And this is where it can get lonely. And this is where even fatherhood is a challenge. It's why it's important to remember in this season, here's something that I remind myself as a father over and over and over again, is God is being perfectly the same towards me that I am imperfectly being for my kids. God is being perfectly the same towards you that you are imperfectly being to whoever God has entrusted to you. So where you're being faithful and maybe your kids are not being faithful, you need to remind yourself as a father that where you are faithless, your heavenly father is being faithful. That where you get it, God celebrates, and when you miss it, he is faithful. And so it's important for me to remind myself sometimes for my kids who just don't seem to get it, that on that very day and in that very moment, I have a heavenly father who, who has every propensity to look down at me and say, you just don't get it. But yet he is being faithful and loving and gracious towards me. And everybody with their hands said amen. Those of you online, you can just shout it, but I'm going to have to figure out new rhythms in here because I can't even say, like, say this, say this. doesn't work that way, but it's okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all, that all should reach repentance. And so now let's get to our story. Esther, as I said, or Hadassah, She's Jewish, she's living in exile, and she is chosen to be the next queen of Persia. The king, has, the king essentially has a second-in-command named Haman who hates 
the Jewish people, namely Esther's uncle, Mordecai. All right. And Mordecai, he learns in this very, very interesting way of Haman's plans essentially for genocide. And the Bible says this in Esther chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth and ashes. And he went out into the midst of the city and he cried out with a loud and a bitter cry. And he went up to the entrance of the king's gate for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and lamenting. And many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes because the decree that went out was for genocide, was for their destruction. It was someone by the name of Haman who used his power and privilege not to lift up other people, but to subjugate the Jewish people. It is a story that we can root in and we can see this global move that God is doing all around the world for anyone who is black or indigenous or a person of color that is rising up in this time to confront individual and systemic racism. Esther is an extraordinary book that gives hope and courage that things can change, that God can still do extraordinary things. In Mordecai, he is a man of influence and he starts a movement that he wears sackcloth and ashes and he begins to weep and he begins to openly mourn. He's a guide to many but essentially he is a father to Esther. I'll say it again. He's a guide to many because he starts a movement, but he has a special relationship with Hadassah. He has a special relationship with Esther. And he starts this movement. He starts this movement. It starts in Persia and it begins to move to every single province. And there's this movement then of the Jewish people who are coming out in sackcloth and ashes, protesting this decree that has come from Persia. And the scripture says that when Esther sees it, she is deeply distressed and out of love, she wants to help Mordecai. She wants to help her spiritual father. And when Esther's young women, her eunuchs came and told her, the queen, it says, was deeply distressed and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. How many of you know the book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time and there's a season for everything? There's a time to mourn and then there's a time to dance. There's a time to sing in church and there's a time to sing with our hands and our hearts. How many of you know that God is not limited by any forms that we have? And so we're going to have to learn some new rhythms. We're going to have to learn some new seasons. And again, the, the, not the decree, but the advice given to local churches is only till the end of June 30th. And if it doesn't get extended, then we can look at June 30th. But right now, this singingless worship space is just till June 30th. If it gets extended to God be the glory church, singing is not our only form and expression of worship. Again, the Holy Spirit is not bound by any of these things. So it's going to be awkward for a little bit, but we're going to lean into different rhythms. You know, I had a meeting on Monday with the pastor's council. And then on Monday, we had a Zoom meeting. I think it was like Wednesday. And then by Thursday, everything had changed. So as a team, we've only had literally a couple of days to put together what worship's going to look like. If you give us a week, we'll figure this out. And I think today was great. I think the team did an extraordinary job. 
but we love that our God, our God is a God of creativity. Our God is a God of innovation. And so in a season where there are limitations put upon us, people who look only at the limitation don't see the opportunity on the other side of it. There is an opportunity for us to worship differently, to lead into some different places, and we look forward to the journey ahead. And so in the scripture that we're reading, Esther sees, or Hadassah sees Mordecai, and he's put on sackcloth. It is this open protest against the decree. He is doing something on the outside as a result of the injustice that he and his people are experiencing on the inside in the reality of what is the decree that's come against them. And Esther sees it, and Esther wants her father, her spiritual father in this instance, her uncle, he wants, she wants him to be safe. And so she only in this moment thinks about this temporary moment, not about the decree that's coming that actually, if it comes to pass, will lead to the genocide of an entire people group, the entire Jewish community. Esther is thinking of her uncle and his safety, but Mordecai is thinking of his people and their deliverance. What you see in a moment is so very critical. Both have vision, but Mordecai is coaching and helping Esther to see a much grander picture. As a father, that is one of the primary things that I'm attempting to do with Treff, Parker, Emma, and Ali. And as a spiritual father to whomever else that God enables me to steward or influence, even if it's this much, it is not just raising kids to think about their safety. It is raising kids to think about the Jesus-sized difference that they can make in the world. It is not just who they or what they want to do. It's who they are becoming. And so in this time and in this season, you and I as fathers in particular, this applies to mothers, but we're tilting it because it's Father's Day. The principles are all cross-transferable. But here's the thing. When you look at the world, we can all look at the world and we can just see it through the lens of safety or you can see it through the lens of significance, that God is doing something significant in this time and in this season that may transcend just safety. It may be time for not just individual change, but systemic change. It may be time, and it is time in our world in which we live to see God do extraordinary things. Don't, with your eyes looking at the world today, don't miss the move of God because the color of the skin is different. See what God is doing in our day and in this time. It says, Mordecai, Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa, that's the provincial city of Persia, the the capital city for their destruction, that he uh, might show it to Esther and explain to her and command her to go to the king and beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. But Esther rightly responds, this is what she says, all the king's servants... And all the king's men couldn't put... No, I'm forget it. It doesn't say that. That's a different nursery rhyme. All the king's servants and people of the king's province know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, pause. Any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death. Any, I'm going to go here in a minute. If any man or woman goes, into the, goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death. 
church because of the work of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that you and I have access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the inner court, anywhere, anytime, and we don't have to fear life. In fact, God is so good that he reverses it, that you and I, when we engage God in that place of intimacy because of the work of his son, it is not death we'd experience, it's actually life that we experience. Your spiritual enemy, the enemy, the robber of our souls, who robs, kills, steals, and destroys, will rob your intimacy and your time with the Lord, and he will actually cause you to live your life in proximity to the presence of God, but not entering the presence of God. Why? Because he knows the more distance he has between you and God, the more death that occurs. Church, do not fear intimacy with the king because of the work of Jesus. You can come boldly before the throne of God, not because of your righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ. And so in the story here, we see this little shadow of this moment. And so Esther, she's talking about something that's true, except to the one who the king holds out the golden scepter so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come to the king for these 30 days. And so what Mordecai says to her is, you got to go to the king and you got to do something about this decree. Esther, you got to risk safety. You got to see significance. You got to see something grander here. And Esther basically says, well, this is my perspective. If I go there and do that, here's what you're asking of me. I can't actually go for the next 30 days. And if I do, the king has every right to kill me. And I don't know if you know the story of Esther, but he doesn't have a problem killing his queens. So she's not just being hyperbolic, she's being absolutely genuine. And here's what I know. Neither Mordecai or Esther have said anything that is untrue. But here they are in this parenting handoff zone. Mordecai can't do what Esther alone can do. And as a parent, don't you feel that sometimes? that you can teach and train and love, but there are moments like where your kids just got to do what they got to do. Again, it's true for every parent. You never stop being a parent, but there is a day that comes that, again, that where we must choose not only to say what they need to do, but every one of our kids must choose to do what they're going to do. It says, they told Mordecai what Esther said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the Jews. You know what that Mordecai says to Esther in this moment? He says to her, you've been living in Persia, in the privilege of Persia, in the king's palace, but don't forget who you are. You're not Esther, you're Hadassah, you're Jewish. And when this decree comes forward, don't you think that you're going to be escaping the decree, because this is who you are. For if you keep silent at this time, relief, I love the faith of Mordecai. Esther, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And then here's the pivotal line. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. In short, he is saying, Hadassah, this is your time. This is your fight. This is your risk and this is your moment. Mordecai is saying, I'm here, I can help. But this is your for such a time as this moment. And here's what I know is true. No matter how well you have been parented, you are always feeling insecure and unprepared for the moment that you need to step into what God is calling you to do. I don't care how much training you get. I don't care how much you know of your personality, your spiritual gifts. When it comes to sharing our faith, when it comes to standing up for righteousness, when it 
comes to standing against injustice, it is something that we all must muster the courage to step into that moment. You will never feel fully prepared to engage that. And that's what Mordecai is saying to Esther. He is saying to Hadassah. What was Mordecai's brilliant final lesson? I think it's absolutely extraordinary. And it is this. I say it to us as fathers. Do you see growing people through the lens of reward or through the lens of serving? Do you see leadership? Do you see leading and loving others through the lens of reward? Or do you see it through the lens of serving? Because if you see it through the lens of reward, then you will choose comfort over cost. You will choose position over purpose. But if you see it through the lens of serving, then there comes these moments where you will choose risk over reward. The time to act is worth more than any title. And so again, I'll repeat it. Mordecai says to Hadassah, says to Esther, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. What is Mordecai saying? I trust in God, period. Esther, you're not the savior. God is. But he has divinely positioned you for such a time as this. This is your moment for you when your father's house will perish. His final lesson to Esther, if I summarized it, is this. Choose the price you're willing to pay. Yes, the king might kill you. He essentially says to her, yep, the king may kill you. But if this decree comes to fruition, you're dead anyway. So choose your cost. And so the question is, how does the story end? How does the story of Esther end? Well, you can read it for yourself later. It's not my job to tell you how it ends. You can figure it out. Why do I say that? Because parenting is not figuring out the end story of your child's life. Parenting is being present while they take steps to work out what that looks like in their life. As a parent, here's all I know. I don't control the end story for Treff, Parker, Emma, and Allie. I trust God. I trust God with my kids. In fact, they're just given to me to steward for a season. Gentlemen, there are no perfect fathers among us today. Not one. But each of us is loved and can be led by our perfect heavenly father. And so my prayer today on this Father's Day would be this, gentlemen. Do not be afraid. Stop worrying. For your Father in heaven knows what you need. And he delights in giving you his kingdom. Instead of worry, gentlemen, instead of beating yourself up, instead of living in regret, actively pursue his kingdom. Receive forgiveness. Gentlemen, confess your sin and embrace that you are loved by the God of the universe. All the things you truly need will come to you in Jesus. 
So as you go out from here today, be confident in the truth that God goes with you. And where God is, gentlemen, even in the midst of a pandemic, all things still remain possible. The world needs Christ-centered, spirit-empowered dads for such a time as this. And so may, we, may together, me, we as dads, may we love deeply and may we lead rightly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.